0: Mother, man.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Adam Jarvis. You're listening to Murder, Metal, Mayhem. Check it. Spreading faster than a case of the clap in a trailer court.
2: Able to shatter eardrums within a 666-mile radius. A podcast more brutal than all the rest. It's Murder, Metal, Mayhem! What the fuck is up, dude? What's up, Pete? Fuck Tuesday. You know it, man. Doing that Tuesday (laughs) thing like we do every week or just nearly every week.
0: Pretty fucking close to every week.
2: It is. And it's uh, good to be doing one tonight. Got a special guest on to talk to us as we dig into the brutal 36-hour fucking riot at the New Mexico State Penitentiary, dude. That is some brutal... There shit. was a
0: lot of bad shit that went on in that thirty-six <laughs> hours. A whole lot of bad yeah, shit.
2: A lot of bad shit in a short period of time. Nineteen eighty, though, going back uh, to that time period, and I, uh, I can't wait. It's going to be a good one. Uh, last week was a good one. We did the uh, vampire of Dusseldorf.
0: He's a blood drinking motherfucker.
2: Is, dude. <laughs> to the point where he's puking. <laughs> yeah, and that's a lot of blood. That's just fucked up. Uh, definitely a sick bastard, Peter Curtin, drinking blood, fucking barnyard animals, caressing the dead in the grave, and all sorts of crazy shit just yeah. terrorizing fucking Germany. He's a sick, sick fuck. And early 1900s, we talked about it right before Hitler. So certainly, you know, once Hitler came on the scene, that pretty much.
0: Yeah, blocked him out. Nobody yeah, talked he was, about him at all he
2: had his 15 minutes of fame and he was done. Um, that whole
0: thing, fucking wanting to hear his freaking blood spurt, oh, out. Oh, God, that quote off, right before he died
2: is <laughs> so fucked up. <laughs> that is just really disturbing. Uh, we had Joey Gormonger in the studio with us, which is always a good time.
0: get a lot of listeners
2: really like it when Joey's here. Fuck yeah, so. dude.
0: He's, it's always good to have him, I and mean, he's pretty informative himself.
2: So. Yeah, yeah. He knows his shit. He does. He does. He should have a serial killer degree like we do. A PhD (laughs) in serial killer. Uh, We also had our buddy CK on Skype. Sounded stronger every week, man. He's just kicking ass. Oh, yeah. Talking about some anthrax. Yes. And uh, so that was good from Wild Man Street. And we had some usual crazy stuff, some mayhem and all that. So if you missed it, go check out episode 71 uh, we just passed today. We passed a thousand listens uh, to that particular one. So thanks, Shit, everybody, yeah. and go check it out, uh, dude. I've been pumped to do this one for a while on New Mexico penitenti- Penitentiary. Uh, only because I remember, you know, when we first started brainstorming for ideas, and we talked about every now and then doing something that falls outside the serial killer. Right realm and and this fits that perfectly
0: 100 fix it
2: i mean you had suggested we do black dolphin that was a good episode yeah i think those are cool the prisons are just fucking brutal especially some shit like this especially this god because this is really rough um and definitely one for you know up in that echelon of some of the most brutal stuff we've talked about now, my buddy Tex will be here for that entire segment using Messenger because we're having some Skype issues, not sure what's going on. Uh, and the listeners, uh, Chris, might be remember
0: Tex. He came in. Oh, yeah. When we did the Texas 7 episode, that was fucking good having him on here. He was yeah. Fucking might as well do it again.
2: Right, because he's in
0: the corrections
2: business. And, uh and we've been friends for a long time, and, and it was cool. He has to do it anonymously for obvious reasons. But since this has to do with the prison uh, not too far away in New Mexico, uh, figured he would you know, be perfect for this, and, and he's totally down uh, and has some infer- interesting info to talk about when uh, he comes on about some things that he's been experiencing since he's been uh, – you know, going through the material to get ready for the episode. So pretty interesting stuff. I first heard about this when I was in my early 20s and listening to the band Exodus, uh, the fabulous Disaster album. It's the first song on the album called Last Act of Defiance, but it begins with a short uh, spoken word intro about the prison system and kind of comparing it. Ethically to Am I My Brother's Keeper and that whole concept. And it always interested me, I think, mainly because my dad worked in the prisons for a long time in New York. And I'd always heard about that stuff at like the dinner table. So I just found it very interesting. But the lyrics get really into it, you know, with the detail and talking about about 1980 and some of the more brutal stuff that went on. Uh, acetylene torches and axes and all kinds of crazy shit. Nothing good. No. So I always had been interested in it. But, of course, before the Internet, it was a little harder to find out stuff about things like that. And so once uh, the Internet became a thing, uh, I remember at some point I I did some research on it. And, of course, there's pictures. There's all kinds of stuff. This is some gruesome fucking pictures. Big time, dude. yeah, there are some pictures and, and video that apparently was shot when yeah. they were going in and they like no. somebody put a kibosh on that. Yeah, They're that like, was, no. Yeah, that one news crew too and much, shit. Yeah, man. You can't
0: put that out. Yeah.
2: It's for pretty sure. nasty. I can't imagine, you know, having a relative get killed in that fucking riot. And then next thing you know, it's on the news or something. String, some strung, strung up like off the fucking balcony. I mean, it's is some really nasty shit. So it's going to get very rough here tonight, but of course, uh, that's our thing. And if you listen to Murder, Metal, Mayhem, you can expect that sort of thing. Uh, we don't do warnings and all that sort of shit. Cause, that's your warning. Yeah. If there ever was one, that was it. Now, we got our buddy, the great metal motherfucker himself,
0: oh, yes, C.K., CK doing this deicide yeah you had asked yeah, for this, this my man. request yeah yeah fuck yeah dude i've been listening to decide a while so i'm kind of curious like since high school so fuck oh yeah i'm ready to hear some shit yeah, yeah. i am too because
2: he's definitely a fucked up you know with that was it glenn glenn benton yeah, yeah. the fucking inverted cross like on his fucking forehead. His forehead yeah, yeah. dude <laughs> he's pretty fucked he's, up he's
0: definitely out there
2: so i'm anxious to hear about that guy and um so we'll We'll dig into that. And we had a really good interview on Saturday, dude, with the drummer from Misery Index and Pig Destroyer. Fuck yeah, Adam Jarvis. He was an awesome guy to talk to, man.
3: Yeah. Talking. And, you
2: know, he's a Central Illinois guy. So that's how right. we know him. I remember playing with Adam when he was in All Will Fall back in the heavy core days. And that was some of our discussion,
0: Chris, was. It's heavy chord yeah, he was core talking about back in the day you was know, like, all about it just the networking thing with the bands yeah fuck yeah was, fuck yeah it
2: was it was really cool to hear it and of course his career went way beyond anybody else that i'm aware of uh he's all over the place just got back from europe over there with misery index and playing some fests and just tearing it the fuck up So that interview is about 35 minutes long, and I've got about 10 minutes of it tonight. Uh, We'll check out at the end of the metal segment, and then we'll eventually do the whole thing as a bonus uh, episode or bonus content. So you guys will eventually hear it all, but you'll hear a little piece of it tonight, and it was really good. Now, speaking of interviews, Chris, we really hit a big one after that. We did them back-to-back, and what a
0: difference between Adam and and the next one, because who was the other one with? We had Dr. Harold Schechter, a really well-known, freaking true crime author. He's got some books out there that— are just amazing like we've used some of his books like hell's, several hell's princess the bell guinness book we used on our mm-hmm. episode
2: yeah uh, best the one on earl leonard nelson and we've read the jesse pomeroy i mean those are the few i could think of off the top of my head but right. he's the written he so many
0: our dumb was awesome man yeah <laughs> and we only fucked up a couple of things just a couple things <laughs> <laughs> it's all yeah, right Not too deal. bad
2: we called him an associate professor at Queens College, but he's a professor emeritus, which means he's retired now. I mean, but he was a nice guy, um, and it was nice of him to take the time to talk to us, as as dumb as we are compared to him. But uh, forty minutes uh, close to it, um, and we'll play parts probably next time, because uh, with the Adam Jarvis stuff, it'd be too much. Right. So probably next episode, um, I think, would be good to play some of that Dr. Schechter interview. So keep your ears open for that. And just like with the other, we'll post the whole thing eventually. And, you know, this would be good Patreon stuff, Chris. You know, we've been trying to get people wanting to join that 666 club. You know, there you go. You get stuff like that. You might be more interested in signing up. So... Uh we got a new killer cage match for you guys this week going to be a good one fight until the death who do we got this week dude
0: Casey Anthony and <laughs> Al
4: Capone <laughs>
2: A very well, strange combination there I know which one I want to win <laughs> Yeah right I don't think anybody would uh, think any other way cuz uh very <laughs> despised individual that's I've, for sure I
0: fucking seen this uh meme or some shit one time it said it is like a uh, uh, what did it say? It's like, if you had to pick one person to fuck and then you had to kill him right afterwards, I was like fucking Casey Anthony, boom <laughs> done.
2: <laughs> yeah. She's a fucking stupid bitch and a fucking killer of her fucking child. And so, yeah, I think everybody's going to be rooting for Al on this one, but, uh, we got two crazy objects they're going to be fighting with in the cage, which should make it fun. And of course, a variable in there as well. And we'll get some listeners contributing this time around. Chris,
0: who's, uh, yeah. Jennifer Jean, Bob White and Angela Fu- Fu- Fusaro. Fusaro, Fusaro. And I went to
2: school with a Peter Fusaro. I don't know if there's any relation, but Angela Fusaro, Bob White and Jennifer Jean. Thanks guys. Uh, Guys uh, contributing to the random numbers, uh, and we'll get into that when we get into mayhem later on in the show. So a uh, big thanks to everybody out there listening, man. We keep getting new listeners joining the ranks. Um, I saw there was a country on the list that's new, and I'm trying to remember
0: because it was just today. Uh, so we keep seeing new ones pop up. It's really cool. Fuck Yeah. Dude. Um, I seen my uh, my hometown ended up in, like, the top five cities, I think it was. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Fairbury, Fairbury. I did see Fairbury <laughs> yeah. was on there.
2: I always wonder how it works when you're driving. Like, is it where you start listening to it? Oh, or... right. So I don't question. know how that all works with the way they calculate that. But it is fun to see, you know, some small town. I've seen Clinton on there. So I don't know if Hayworth right. people listening would get picked up there. I, I just don't know how it works. But uh, but it is really cool. And, you know, for a couple of guys just doing this on their own, um, you know, really no help at all other than word of mouth and social media. I think we've done pretty well. We just surpassed 125,000 total listens since April 2018 when we started this. Okay, so man. that's incredible. And, and we have you guys to thank. So really, we appreciate it because, you know, we like doing this, but it is make, does make it more fun when we have people actually listening
0: yeah, for definitely. to the
2: show and, just, and uh, running into somebody and you're like, oh, man, I heard the one you did on so-and-so. And yeah, that was really cool. Better. you
0: know. It's definitely better.
2: Yeah, and uh, we had a really neat uh, interaction yesterday. Uh, I was contacted by Bob Shaw, who works with CDN Records out of Canada, dude. Uh, they are very interested and wanting to do some cross-promotion with us. So we're going to be doing some reviews of some of their bands, um, and got, CK will be reading it. You yeah, are checking out I'll some check of out that outside. shit, dude.
0: Like, it looks like they got some pretty fuck. I've never heard of them before, so it's badass. It looks oh, like yeah. they got some pretty, pretty fucking brutal ass bands on there oh, I'm yeah. definitely gonna be fucking checking out so.
2: yeah I checked out a couple of them and it was fucking sick there was one I I watched a short like a uh, lyric video right uh, to promote the new album and it talked about like if you're a fan of Bolt thrower and morbid angel like this is your band right. and I'm like oh fuck yeah you know that's the shit that I dig um, when it comes to death metal stuff. I'm not a huge death metal guy, but I do like some of it. I love Bolt Thrower, so I was like totally digging on that. So there's some really good stuff that those guys have. Over 1,500 titles uh, in their distro, and they've been at it since 1990. And one of the longest extreme Canadian metal labels. So that's fucking awesome, fucking man. Hey, so. Man. Thanks to, to the guys at the label and Bob Shaw for reaching out, and it's uh, already starting to pay dividends. They've been posting stuff
0: about our show. and Yeah, we're definitely going to be getting shit posted up yep. for their fucking label. And exactly.
2: little cross promotion. So we've tried to get at a couple of labels, and we have gotten nowhere. So it's cool that finally we got one that's yeah. uh, going to give us a lot of good music to play. And, and the fact they hit us up, too. That's fucking great. Yeah. He said he had heard about us uh, from several different uh, ways uh, that he was checking out podcasting and what's going on. And and so that's awesome, man. Uh, We got another last minute sponsor to the show. Chris, who was that that called in at the last moment again?
0: Motherfuckers over at Ben Y. Anger Management.
2: Oh, damn.
0: Running that ad
2: again. That got a couple people fired up, like, man. What so, the fuck,
0: dude? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so a little dark humor there, but again, no stranger to that here. Uh, so we'll play that one later on. Uh, so we got another packed episode, dude. It's going to be a strange, fucked-up trip. Yes, sir. Down to the desert in New Mexico in the Frightening Riot in 1980. Sounds like the penitentiary is about to erupt
0: in bloodshed, and we got yes, a front sir. row seat. So. so, yeah, let's get our fucking murder on. See your back- Wow. That's that Exodus shit.
2: Dude, last act of Defiance. I love that shit. And uh, definitely very fitting since that's the song that uh, introduced me to this whole thing. And, of course, we got our buddy Tex here on Messenger uh, about this case to talk about it tonight. What's up, Tex? Not a lot, not
5: a lot, man.
2: Thanks for having me back. No problem. Anytime, man. Anytime. Anytime. No problem. What's the uh, weather like down there in Texas?
5: Hot, hot, and more hot.
2: Damn, you can have it, man. I know. I I lived there for a while. I don't know how you do it uh, at at your ripe old age there, Tex. <laughs>
5: <laughs> all right, old man. Well, you know, it's
2: funny when we look at pictures of each other, you know, from all the way back. We all look really young, but it's like that's how I remember you. So when I see a modern picture of you, it's I'm like, that like what? <laughs> That's not Tex. That's not him. He's, he's still 18. He
5: right
2: yeah, he's still an 18, 19-year-old punk, you know. That's how I remember him. So. Well, this is a very brutal story that happened over a 36-hour period in February of 1980 at the New Mexico State Penitentiary just south of Santa Fe, And it is a horrific story about what can happen when inmates are overcrowded and treated really poorly. And it erupts into a very violent, uh, you know, one of the most violent I've ever heard. Very violent. Just insane. I mean, you hear about some of these ones, Chris, we've talked about in like South America. Yeah. Where a bunch of people are killed. But this takes killing to a whole nother level. This is
0: the pure brutality of the way they did
2: this shit. It's very fucked up. Not that killing people isn't sadistic, but this is just taking it, you know, with the torture and and the way they did what they did. It's just insane. The official body count was 33, but some believe there were many more. And we'll get into all that. And unfortunately, you know, the politics of the situation and how this even started, why these inmates were that wound up. Um, And I'm glad we got Tex here with us to help us. Now, Tex, I know you were on, we did the Texas 7, and we might have some people, you know, new listeners that may not know, and I know you can only be vague about it, but what is your experience or what's your credentials, so to speak, to talk about this?
5: I've got about uh, 10 years with the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. I've worked in all custody levels from uh, death row, to administrative segregation, solitary confinement, um, general population. So I've I've got quite a variety.
2: That's great. Yeah, and that's what makes this such an invaluable thing, Chris. We have this resource. Yeah, definitely definitely got his knowledge
0: on what's going on. Yeah,
2: and and this is a perfect subject because there's a lot of things I just don't understand. Now, I mentioned that when I first heard about this riot was by listening to the Exodus song, uh, that we played the clip of before this uh, segment. But I wanted to play the intro because it talks about um, the prison system and, and the ethics of it. I'm not saying I agree with what they say. I just think it's a very interesting right. argument to be made. Right. And, um, you know, we can get into how we all personally feel about it. I mean, I'm certainly not a, a proponent of, of uh, you know, treating these guys like they're at the fucking sleepaway camp. But some of the stuff it's, we're going to talk about is
0: pretty fucking is bad,
2: pretty fucking inhumane. inhumane. Yeah, I exactly don't think I it's right. Say. But and again, you know, you're hearing it. You always have to, you know, weigh what you hear from the vantage point. It's it's coming from. So things, unfortunately, today are very slanted. If somebody's got a particular belief or, a, you know, whatever. The story they tell may be skewed a little bit to favor their position. And then others can be just brutally honest and tell it for real. So we just don't know. All we can go on is what we hear and and read. But, you know, there's a lot of things that could potentially be skewed, I think, with that in mind. So I want to play this intro here real quick, and uh, we'll talk about it here in a second.
1: The prison system, inherently unjust and inhumane is the ultimate expression of injustice and inhumanity in the society at large. Those of us on the outside do not like to think of wardens and guards as our
0: surrogates. Yet they are. And they are intimately
1: locked in a deadly embrace with their human captives behind the prison walls. By extension,
3: so are we. A terrible double meaning is thus imparted to the original question of human ethics. Am
2: I my brother's keeper? So that's the intro to the song, and that's what got me like, "Whoa, what the hell is he talking about?" Um, and definitely, um, you know, something to make you think for whatever yeah. your you know belief on whatever it your is.
0: thoughts are. Yeah.
2: Now, there's a lot of background we could get into about the prison itself and the different people that were in charge. I heard some podcasts really went in-depth on that. Very interesting, and I think it needs to be told to some degree because it helps make this make a little bit more sense.
0: Yeah, not that it makes sense, but it helps put an idea of what the prisoners were going through and what made them do what they did. Right, right.
2: And, And, you know, I think at best... People were falling asleep at the wheel and at worst had some bad intentions that caused this powder keg to just blow over uh, like we see in in February 1980. And we'll keep that part of it just kind of simple. But at the end of the segment, I'll mention where you can listen to a podcast that goes much more in depth on it if you're interested in getting that much more of the story. We'd rather get into more of the the actual riot itself than that. So now at the center of much of the controversy as to why this happened was this deputy warden, Robert Montoya. Um, The warden was more of a figurehead is what I get, um, appointed for more political reasons, but Montoya was the one that was really calling the shots. Right. Um, Things in the prison were going downhill in the 1970s. Uh, Just like any prison, you know, there are riots from time to time. I read that there was one in 1922, and then crazy in 53, there was a riot that destroyed the prison and they rebuilt it in 56. So that's kind of a a foreshadowing here. It's it's only going to get worse from here, man. Come on. And it was designed to be state of the art for the time, but it didn't take long, you know, about 20 years for it to start falling apart and become very dated. Uh, Drugs were rampant in the prison, and the warden was trying to, the 1975 new warden was trying to figure out what was going on. Um, And, you know, overcrowding was bad. And so things just really went downhill. They got rid of the education programs. You know, some of these things occupy these guys. Um, again, I'm not saying they need to be coddled, but I think something to keep their minds occupied right. not, is yeah. not a bad thing. You no, know? it's not a bad thing at all. Um, and so they were on a lockdown, was like 23-hour lockdown. So things just begin to build. And five years later is is when it erupts into what we're going to talk about here tonight. Uh, the riot actually started February 1st, 1980. There were 1,168 Inmates, but only 963 beds. So that's overpopulation. Definitely an issue. Uh, they had inmates sleeping on the floor. They also had violent inmates housed in open bays instead of cells. And they were mixed together with the nonviolent inmates. So lots of issues, sexual assaults, other things that definitely made this place a fucking hellhole. Um, also known for being filthy. I, I, I watched several things talking about the
0: toilets not working. Yeah, they basically like had holes in the floor basically yeah. that they had to use for toilets and freaking
2: rats, cockroaches. Rats. I mean, pretty bad stuff, Barely unsanitary food. And I saw something where their Thanksgiving meal one year, they were given spoiled, spoiled turkey. Tur- yeah,
0: that was, that was
2: green. Yeah, yeah it I was, was green that. in That's color and made gross. a lot of them sick. So definitely very fucked up. Now, Texas, as much as we agree that prison should be a deterrent, um, you know, being mistreated and, and, and abused is a different story. And obviously you have, a, am sure, a strong opinion on that.
5: Yeah, I do, man. Uh, there's certain things that uh, the inmates all, um, by policy, are supposed to have. And as long as they get that, then then they're getting what they um, should have. One of those things is out-of-cell time for, like, recreation. Um, Food plays a big, big part, the quality of food. Um, So there's rules
2: then have the the quality of the food then, or is that up to the prison itself?
5: No. um, There's rules about the quality of food. Um, but you know, you you treat somebody like an animal, they're going to be an animal. You treat somebody like a human being, they're going to be a human being.
2: Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's uh, yeah. certainly just human decency. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. Right. Now,
0: Chris, it sounds like with all that's going on. It's no wonder this shit got out of hand. Yeah. I mean, put a bunch of freaking toddlers in a freaking nursery school with nothing to do they're gonna find something right it may not be what you want them to do so i can see like same thing kind of
2: yeah and these are some bad motherfuckers
0: too yeah, these, I mean, are these are, are like fucking killers
2: rapists pedophiles fucking, everything. yeah i mean yeah. some horrible motherfuckers um i also heard on a podcast that uh, inmates that did have cells they were six by nine like you said chris toilets like basically a hole in the floor uh, the water would only run for a minute or two a day.
0: Yeah, I saw they that. They had
2: to gather the water to drink from that and bathe With only the, within a minute or two. So, yeah. you know, that's With, not a like good three thing, three people in,
0: each, in those cells, and
2: that's freaking not I right. I mean, that's He'd... just incredibly unsanitary and disgusting. And, you know, the thing is, that's one thing. The inmates are in this situation. You can believe what you want to believe, but you got corrections officers working here, too. I mean, who the fuck wants to work around that? I no. mean, that's just <laughs> nasty as hell. Um, you know, the 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 people in the cells, you know, most of these guys in the hole, protective custody, um, you know. And then there was another cell block where the worst of them were kept, um, only given a hot meal every two or three days the rest of the time, six pieces of bread to last them a whole day. And water. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't think a person should be treated like they're at a hotel, but certainly not that. Um, and like uh, Tex said, you know, you treat people like an animal, you know, act that's like what it, you, yeah. that's what you're going to get. Now, Tex, what sort of treatment do inmates see today in Texas when they go into like a solitary confinement type situation? In
5: Texas, we actually did away with solitary confinement um, oh, okay. because of the the mental issues that come with it, Right. Um, uh, human contact or anything like that. Um, uh, we do still have administrative segregation and they do get, um, I believe it's, uh, the rules have just changed. I believe it's two hours a day out of uh, cell for recreation. Um, they get, uh, they get the same food as every other inmate. We just bring it to them in their cell. Okay. Um, they get the same clothing and amenities and um, maintenance issues are kept up with. They get religious, uh, you know, the chaplain comes to see them, right. all that kind of stuff. So they get what they're supposed to have and mandated by federal law.
2: Now, is there an amount of time they could be in, in st- something like that, Tex?
5: Yes. Um, in ad in ADSEG or administrative segregation, they are reviewed every uh, – Thirty days to see if, if their behavior has gotten any better. Uh, their mental state is checked. I believe it's once a week. Um, you know, we don't just throw them in a hole and forget about them and give sure. six pieces of bread a day anymore. Yeah,
2: well, for sure. Yeah, well, that's good, of course. Now, there's yeah. many allegations of abuse uh, by these guards. Now, again, you know, some of this stuff could be exaggerated. and That's why I want to be, you know clear to point out since inmates you know and I've worked myself I've worked in prisons before doing training uh, for some of these inmates and of course my father was in corrections all my life and so I've heard a lot about this stuff seen a lot of this stuff and I know how they are uh, with things they try to make a big deal out of the stupidest shit just to basically mess with you and they talk a lot of shit and it's got to be difficult I'm sure, Tex, you know, dealing with the inmates and having to walk that line of doing the right thing and following the rules, but not giving in to them and not kind of playing into that whole thing. Yeah,
5: you know that saying about staring into the abyss? Right. Um, if you stare into it long enough, it's going to stare right back into you. So you just have to to uh, have coping mechanisms, you know, have hobbies on the outside Right. Don't fall into the
2: traps. Right. That makes sense, man. Now, some of the documentaries I watched uh, talked with inmates from the
0: prison and how they were pushed down concrete stairs. Yeah, that one That one set of steps. With the yeah. handcuffs behind them, they get to the top, and they said the guards would just kick them down the steps right. and then go down there and be like, oh, you slipped, you need a hand up or whatever. Like, yeah. That's fucked up,
2: dude. And then I saw something which was really disturbing about they claim that some of these people uh, In or the uh, corrections officers were taunting them about their girlfriends and wives outside, and they were like going to hook up with them and shit. I mean, that's pretty fucked up if that's actually going on. So that's uh, that's really awful. But again, you know, we don't know. Uh, This is what people, you know, were getting secondhand. Now, Robert Montoya, the deputy warden, supposedly had a snitch system where yeah, he would cool. encourage these officers to extort money and get these inmates to, to s- talk, talk on, about, about, about other, other people. people
0: yeah and then if they the ones that didn't do it they'd fucking just put out throughout the system this prison system that they snitched on somebody even if they didn't just right. some of the other inmates would go after him and shit
2: yeah and they'd put them in that cell block 4 which was where they were all being kept yeah. so once and you're in there i mean you're a fucking marked a target, man i yeah. mean text what is that i mean obviously you know all about how that works in in the prison, but I mean, once you're labeled as that, that's got to be pretty difficult to dig out of.
5: Yeah, we put we well, you know, in Texas we have over a hundred prisons, so you know we could move them off to a different prison or sure anything like that. But uh, that Smith system, that's some uh, that's some shady shit right there.
2: Yeah, yeah, big time, man. Um, some accounts was the vast majority of the inmates in the protective custody weren't even snitches, but were put there because they didn't want to play the game, and you know through a variety of reasons found themselves the fucking most hated people in the prison, and that's just got to be fucking awful. Now, Chris, I you know I know we've talked about some of this stuff, but I mean, could you even imagine? You know, you're it's bad enough.
0: You know, you're doing a 10-year bit in yeah, a prison now, like that. And now you're labeled <laughs> as something that you're not, and now everybody's looking at you, and you're sitting in this cell block or whatever with all these violent criminals and everything. Not right. a place I'd want to be. No, not at all. Definitely not a place I'd want to be. No. Now, as if
2: all these things, you know, uh, wouldn't already be a reason for these guys to rise up in revolt, there was some construction going on, in one of the areas of the prison where the worst were housed. So they moved them to the other places where the less volume, violent inmates were. And it's this is of, just not a good fucking idea here. No, because I mean, they're going to take
0: advantage of anybody, the, any of the weakers that they can. And- right.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be survival of the fittest always here. Uh, there was always uh, a, a shortage of corrections officers, which is going to make things that much more dangerous. Uh, You know, those guys are outnumbered anyway, uh, even under normal conditions. So in 1976, uh, there's a work strike by inmates um, due to the poor conditions and that deputy warden authorized the use of tear gas against these inmates, forced them to run naked through a hallway through like a gauntlet of guards beating them with axe handles. I mean, what the fuck? dubbed the Night of the Axe Handles, and was backed up by several witnesses. Uh, This event caused one inmate to file a lawsuit against the prison, uh, but nothing was done about it, and charges or changes were not made. So, Tex, this just sounds like a perfect storm fucking brewing here.
5: Yeah, man. When you got to break out axe handles to handle up on your business, something's going wrong, you know?
2: Definitely. That's, That's crazy. Yeah, tear gas at that too, you know.
5: On a
0: normal it's it like like on a normal day, what is what is do you think the average ratio of corrections officers to inmates is in the prison where you're at?
5: Uh probably about uh yeah, where I work probably one to eighty four or so. Yeah, see that's, wow. yeah, that's not not wow.
0: a good thing. Yeah, the odds are not good,
2: but you know, you can only have so many, right? Right. Now, uh, 1971, a more famous riot, the one at the Attica prison in New York, uh, born of similar mistreatment of inmates, uh, also erupted into a bloodbath, uh, 43 dead, uh, 33 inmates, 10 guards. That one was really bad. Um, Ironically, my dad spent time working there uh, when he was in his training to become a parole officer. Um, and that would have been though, I think shortly after the riot, but still very much in the, in the mindset and scary. Um, so prison riots due to overcrowding and poor conditions is certainly nothing new, but as we've all said, the depravity of this one is just off the charts. I mean, really gets crazy now, Chris prisons in, in the U S are having, you know, these issues. It's no wonder this kind of shit happens. But this riot in 1980, definitely the most brutal. I mean, we've talked about this. These documentaries are just awful. Like I
0: said, once we get into the shit that starts going down, you'll understand how just awful the whole situation was. And the fact that human beings could do this to other human beings, what some of the shit they did is just out of control.
2: Yeah, I mean... Apparently, you know, what started the riot and Chris, this sounds like the common refrain that you hear from like at an event. They started drinking. (laughs) That's what started the whole thing. Making that hooch. They're making that homemade hooch in their cells. Um, Some of the interviews with former inmates, uh, they were talking about how drunk they all were. So you can only imagine you know how things escalate. You know, at a bar, where people start oh, getting yeah. drunk. You're, somebody bumps into somebody. And yeah, there you're already you go, pissed you know?
0: off all the fucking time. Now you're freaking all boozed up on right. who knows what kind of alcohol contents in that hooch they make. So. Right.
2: Now, Tex, what is it common that, I mean, do they still do this? And like, how do they do it? I mean, how do they hide it?
5: Yeah, it's very common, um, especially in like uh, not closed custody offenders. Um, well, yeah, close custody offenders do it a lot, too. Uh, what they do is they, everything in the prison is like an economy. Uh, you work in the kitchen, you can smuggle out some sugar, some fruit, stuff like that. Right. And they just put it in a big garbage bag and put it in, uh, with some yeast and a garbage bag. And then they take their, uh, sink toilet combo off the wall and they stuff it in there and then put the sink combo Back
4: up on the wall. Oh, and wow. And
5: it
4: just fermits. Yeah, it
5: ferments for however long it does. And then, you know, there you go. Wow. I bet do it, of five
0: gallons and shit. I bet it's got to taste wonderful.
2: <laughs> yeah, that sounds fucking I disgusting, man. Good, but I bet it does. Yeah. <laughs> now, the word it's was awesome. out. What's that?
5: I said it. smells horrendous.
2: Oh, I can, I can imagine. imagine. I can only imagine. <laughs> Now, the word out was out on in cell block two that if the guards didn't lock the door when they were doing their 1 a.m. count, they were going to jump the guards, take their keys, and the riot would go down. That's what happened. Yeah. The procedure was for three guards to do the counts, two inside the dorm, and one outside the locked door with the keys from all three guards. And this is where things broke down since the door was not locked. Uh, I saw somewhere where it was propped open, and somewhere where it wasn't. So I'm not entirely sure there. Yeah, but right. at 1:40 a.m. on Saturday, February 2nd, the two guards in dormitory E2 were overpowered, and inmates were able to get out through that open door. Uh, two guards reading breakfast heard the commotion and then realized that the
0: inmates were running down the hallway and going toward that control center. Yeah, the one cat, the one guard said that he thought a fight had broken out but then he realized oh wait this ain't a fucking fight there's something definitely wrong
2: yeah and that one inmate was in the guard's uniform so yeah. he's like what the fuck yeah well definitely something was was awry uh text, this is definitely some scary shit getting to the control center i can't imagine uh, being a corrections officer in a prison where something like this is getting ready to go
5: yeah, there's definitely a pucker factor when that happens. <laughs> I'm um, sure, I've been uh, in a couple of disturbances on like uh, on recreation yards and chow halls and stuff like that, and it's not a very good feeling, especially right. when you're in there and the doors get locked behind you and you're stuck in there with them. Yeah, I bet right.
2: You
0: that's scary as shit.
2: Now, Tex, I mean, obviously with your background, you know, you've been in some shit uh, with your time in the military. I mean, is that when you're talking about the pucker factor, are you talking about the same kind of thing here as like combat?
5: Uh, yes, but you know, you you got your squad with you in the military, right? There's a lot less. There's a lot less in your squad when,
2: <laughs> when oh, you're sure. stuck in
5: a chop hall with hundreds of offenders, and there's only you and one other officer,
2: right? Wow, yeah, Yeah. that's just so fucked up. Man, yeah, I'm puckered right now thinking about it. Two two guards did run to warn the officer in the control center and then took refuge in another part of the prison, but the guard in the control center was scared. He was a young guy. Um, because even though the glass was supposed to be unbreakable, it apparently wasn't. the contractor put the wrong glass in there. because
0: yeah, they said they tested it before they used it. And, and they so knew they, it
2: was breakable. They knew was,
0: they could break it.
2: So they ordered the correct glass but left this in place. So by 2 a.m., the inmates were able to get through the glass with a heavy brass fire extinguisher and get into that control center. And Chris, once they get in there... They basically have control of the prison, that, or at
0: least a good part of it. Can, they said that control center had all the keys to cells in there, so once they got in there and got the keys, they could go anywhere the fuck they wanted and do whatever the fuck they wanted.
2: Yeah, and that's exactly what happens. Of course, um, you know the the control center gave them access, like you said, all the locked doors except for a couple of the areas that had to be opened manually. But they had the keys from the guards, so, you know, that's not a problem. Uh, they also got various weapons from the control yeah, center, tools, guns, tear all guns, sorts yeah. of shit. Um, so things are getting really scary really quick. Now, Tex, I'm sure things are different now, but I can't imagine uh, why this control center would have been that vulnerable even in 1980. What do you think?
5: Yeah, me neither, man. Could you imagine sitting in there one day and,
2: oh my you know, god,
5: you got this nice glass up, with bars and uh chain-link fence up in front of the glass so you can't get through, and then contractors come in to replace the glass, and, oh, shit, by the way, this, this is, the, is wrong. the right glass.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd be fucking... They said they ordered it. I'd be getting, telling them to get that shit in, like, now. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, no shit.
2: Yeah, something. I mean, that's just crazy, but this prison... Hierarchy sounds like they were just a mess uh, on uh, multiple levels here. Um, on the podcast I listened to about the riot, one of the things that the rioters did was burn every piece of paper they could find, which it, it, it is of, amazing. You know, 1980, we are talking computers, but they're in their, you know, antiques. Right. Um, and this would prove to be a major problem after the riot since most the of the records are paper. And now they're in fucking ashes. Uh, the computer system was very, you know, old on its backup setup. And so the inmates, a lot of them were unaccounted for, which I found hard to believe. But when you think about it, you know, that's how it was back then before we were using, you yeah. know, jump drives <laughs> right, that's and what shit I was going like say. that. Now they you know. could just put it all on a flash drive and put it in their pocket. Right. Now, two of the prison gangs uh, were at work here as things got out of control. The Chicanos which was the Latino gang and the Aryan Brotherhood, which would be the skinheads. Uh, members of these gangs, uh, some of the most dangerous in the prison, and they were kept in cell block three. But since it was under renovation, they were mixed in with the others. So again, like we talked earlier, Chris, this is not a good situation no. to be mixing these people together um, because you can't put like inmates like that because, like you said, they're going to prey upon... The week and they're right. going to make it, you know, very bad situation. Uh, some of the docs that I watched had inmates who survived talking about how dangerous those dorms were, with prisoners sleeping on the floor, and talked about how the day rooms were kept dark, and that's where inmates attacked those not able to uh, take care of themselves with violent rape uh, and other things. So just unspeakable stuff. And, Chris, when you got lifers or guys doing heavy amounts of
0: time, you know, they got nothing to lose. So I mean, this is some really scary shit here. Now, I'm sure that if you got nothing to lose, you're going to say, fuck it. What else can they do to me? Right. I'm, fuck them. I don't care. Right. Um, so the,
2: you know, the uh, inmates really wanted to get into that cell block four, which is where the protective custody is. Uh, prisoners were kept. Uh, some of these were weak inmates that couldn't handle general population, but there were also the snitches or at least the ones that were labeled that way, whether they were, or they weren't, was not really their concern. Um, but attacking, you know, these guys was just at the top of the list. Uh, there was also some mentally disturbed inmates in there. Uh, one thing I read said there were 96 in cell block four and once these uh, rioters stormed the area, these guys knew what was about yeah, to happen. This is and that be has bad to be bad for us. Yeah, absolutely terrifying. Um, I read a book. It's been about a year or two ago called "The Hate Factory," that was written by an inmate that survived the riot. Uh, he was due to get out in a couple of months, so when the riot broke out, he was afraid he was going to get caught up in it. Uh, but he was also not. Af- he was afraid to not act. Uh, for fear they'd you know kill him just yeah. because
0: he wasn't helping. So like, right, you know, what do you got? What do you do with that in that situation? I know. So he
2: tried to hide out. I can't even imagine it. Um, there were many inmates that held that same concern, who didn't want to do the stuff. Uh, a lot of the black inmates that were not part of either of those gangs did their best to keep out of it. But I did. See something where they had made a black inmate kill another black I inmate, saw that too, yeah. or they were going to kill him, or something like that. So, this is just an absolute horror show. Um, on their way to cell block four, they pass the hospital and psychiatric wing of the prison where they're able to get access to the pharmacy, Chris. So, oh, yeah,
0: the motherfuckers are getting all the drugs.
2: <laughs> they were just going nuts. I mean, they're already, you know, drunk on, on, on hooch. the hooch. They're violent as fuck by nature. They're in a prison. They're pissed. They're being treated badly. Now let's throw some barbiturates in the fucking mix. And these guys are just going fucking nuts. I mean, um, survivors talked about these guys in like almost a feeding frenzy and how scary it was uh, for them to be that heavily medicated after drinking and just being totally raged
0: out. Definitely not thinking at all I bet they're just blank mind just I'm right. killing this motherfucker and that's all that's on their mind
2: yeah now Tex I mean this is going from bad to worse I mean could you even imagine this uh
5: no I could not imagine it Remember, I was talking to you earlier about having nightmares yeah kind of the point that I had nightmares the other night that's... watching some of the uh, documentaries like that Michael Coley guy said that inmate yeah. yeah. Everybody who was able to get up was getting down. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's what I said. I did
2: see that. Yes. Fucked up. Now, uh, from the construction going on at the hospital, the rioters found blowtorches and other tools that they used to destroy the prison, and they were able to get the torches. To gain access to the
0: cells in cell block four to get at the snitches. Yeah, those guys are sitting in their cells like, as long as that door's shut, you can't get to me, so fuck right. off. And once they started cutting them freaking bars, they're like, oh, shit. Right. This is not going to be good. Yeah, and they're taunting them
2: from the other side of this, you know, the door, telling to them, tell them what's what going to happen. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, it took five hours for them to work their way through cell block four because you imagine being in those last cells. And I mean, just
0: hearing, hearing these all people this going screaming down and, and you shit. know it, they're coming for you.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's got to be a long fucking five hours if you're the one waiting to be attacked by these fucking animals. I mean, Chris, I can't even imagine how crazy this would have been. And you have all these dangerous inmates drunk whacked out on prescription drugs, weapons,
0: uh, tools. I mean, all sorts of shit. Yeah, it's definitely not going to be fun, because especially some of the shit they did with, like you said, like the settling torches and the bars and shit that we'll talk about. Like, it's not cool. No.
2: Now, there were some who were able to hide in areas of the prison where the construction was going on. Uh, There was also one of the hospital staff members who saved several inmates that were incapacitated at the hospital and was able to hide until things went oh you know, went, went, were done. And we talked about how depraved and fucked up these people were. But unfortunately, the the stories of the ones that were heroic are the ones you don't really hear a lot about because there were some very brave people. I mean, some of these inmates were able to get guards out of the the fucking prison uh, which obviously puts them in great danger. And like this hospital staff member that saved these people. So, you know, it would have been nice. They've gotten a little bit more of that. Cause I'm sure there was plenty of it, but unfortunately the, the horror show is, it was what gets the, the headlines. Like we always say, if it bleeds, it leads. And that's what, you know, people heard about here. Um, but there were stories of, of people that actually acted human and helped each other. Um, and you know some were able to get out of the prison, they were able to surrender to the national guard and state police that were now outside, and they were kept on the yard. And I had even seen something where even that environment was fucked so up. Bad. Yeah, so bad, people getting attacked yeah. and fucking raped on the yard. I mean, Jesus Christ, they can't get their shit together over there. I've never seen such a poorly handled thing in Texas. I mean, it just sounds like this thing was handled every way you shouldn't handle a situation. I mean, do you have any insight on how they could have maybe got this thing over with a little quicker?
5: Man, the first thing would have been to listen to, listen to the medical staff and some of the inmates that were reporting that this stuff was going to go on Right, and have, you know, just not even have the damn thing. Uh, another thing is the damn warden was the guy that was uh, negotiating with these fools. Right. Never do that. You have a professional hostage uh, negotiator.
2: Well, it said he took uh, a Christ class. Tex, it texted, said he took a class <laughs> on negotiation, so they felt he was qualified to do it. I mean, yeah, are he you fucking a, kidding me? <laughs> he
5: took a class on being a fucking asshole. Is what he <laughs> right. Took
2: Big time, man. What an idiot. I think they got him out of there, though, at some point. the. The, the governor got involved and got him off of the scene, but just absolutely ridiculous. And like you said, so poorly handled. I'm sure you guys in this line of work do all sorts of training on these types of events so you know what to do. And I know that we can't get into you know detail, but to, as an outsider looking in, this just seems to have been handled very, very badly.
5: I will concur with that. Yeah, <laughs> I would think so, yeah.
2: <laughs> now, the horrors uh, that... Classic. What's that?
5: This situation was a, a classic uh, training opportunity, and we talk about it in training sometimes.
2: I was just going to ask you if you guys ever refer to this one as uh, don't do it this way.
5: Right. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> now, the horrors that went down during the riot was just stuff of, like, the scariest fucking movies you can imagine, except this is real. Uh, The inmates doing the worst of it. We're calling themselves the execution squad Uh, stories of these guys, you know, being cut up piece by piece, burned to death over hours, uh, pieces cut from their bodies with torches, castration, decapitation with a fucking shovel Hanged from the door of their cells, thrown off the fucking cell block, many, many others. Um, I heard one story about an inmate with one arm who was taken by the rioters and his good arm was cut off.
0: Yeah, so saw I mean, it was what one, the some fuck? biker, yeah, missing his arm. And that was that one, the one uh, kid that had like a mental capability of like a 12 year old or right. whatever. Right.
2: He was the one I think that yeah. got
0: decapitated, yeah, they decapitated with the him shovel. Him, and then, uh, they had the two guards sitting there and they're shoving the kid's head and their faces like, if you don't do... Right. You guys got to pick who's going next or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Could you imagine sitting there and these guys just shoving this freaking head in your face? Like, right. Like, this is going to be you. Right.
2: And they had that one inmate uh, up in front of a window, a blowtorch held up to his head and face until his head literally exploded. Yeah. And there were That's eyewitnesses bad. to that as well. Um, another man... And cell block four was being held there because he was gang raped by seven and filed a lawsuit. Obviously, his protection was supposed to be theirs. Yeah. So yeah, and they found him, cut off his genitals, slit his throat, and stuffed his junk in his mouth. I mean, my God. There was another guy who got a metal bar probably from what they cut like off the cell. cell
0: probably just Pound hammered. Pounded
2: into one side of his head and out the other. And he lived through it. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. For a
0: short time, he lived through it.
2: Right. So some were being tossed off of four-story high balconies to concrete, and then whoever survived the fall would be stabbed to death by the guys down below. I mean, just absolutely nuts. Uh, Chris, it's amazing that more people had never really heard of this before. I bet a lot of our listeners have never heard of this riot
0: before. I'm sure. When you mentioned it, I was like, okay, I'll definitely check this out. And then once I started looking into it, I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. Now, Tex, it's hard to imagine even in a prison
2: that people could do these types of things to another human being.
5: Yeah, man, I agree. Um, But it did happen, you know. I mean, and there's several instances uh, like throughout history like the genocide in Bosnia. You
2: right, know. right,
5: true. Nazis, you know, that's outside of prison, but right, right. a whole bunch of evil right there together at that time.
2: Right. No, that's a good point, man. I mean, unfortunately, we see this kind of stuff. I mean, Saddam Hussein and the stuff he was doing to his own people, I mean, just fucked up. You know, we could go on and right. on. Pol Pot, fucking Mao Zedong, Stalin, I mean... There's been some awful fucking people in this world. And I think, like you said, you get all this bad and and evil in one fucking place, man. And it just erupts. This was just like the perfect fucking storm. Um, Now, multiple fires are being set. The one in the gymnasium was where a lot of these bodies burned to ashes. Um, Another in the offices, we talked about that with the uh, records. And then also in the chapel. I did see that the chaplain was actually known as Axe Handle from that event that night because he was participating in that. Supposed to be
0: a man of God,
2: dude. Right? (laughs) And I'm like, really, dude? And I don't know if I saw anything
0: that says they got to him or not. I don't don't think they they did. did But that's just fucked up. that uh, fire in the gymnasium got huge, though. that It spread oh, sure. all over the place.
2: Oh, sure. And you had all those bodies in there. They couldn't even figure out what was what. Right. Uh, negotiations uh, began to get the riots stopped. And since the guards uh, that they had were not killed, the inmates had a little bit of leverage.
0: Uh, That's they, a, the only leverage they had. Yeah. They knew just don't kill the freaking guards because once we do that, they're going to come in here Right, which is what happened
2: in Attica where the
0: cops had to come in and just take the fucking
2: place over and just started shooting. Um, You know, they stormed the prison because it was getting out of control and they were killing guards. And so, um, you know, it's smart on their part not to do that. Um, Inmates, they wanted the media to
0: come into the prison so they could show their concerns about the way they'd been treated, and they wanted the media to come in as this riot was going on. Yeah, and the one reporter did go in, and when he came out, he's like, "I wish I had never gone in there. Right, that was a bad idea for yeah." And I, I think that was the guy that had the video and stuff, and uh, yeah, they just they, were like, like "Nobody's like, ever, n- nobody's gonna see ever going to see this. Yeah, really bad. Like it, it's like I should have never went in there. I could never unsee what I just saw.
2: Right now, the head asshole, uh, Deputy Warden Montoya, spoke with them on two way radios." um oh there was an inmate spokesman who communicated back and forth with him um and apparently you know like we said way out of his depth like tech said you know they should have brought in an expert on hostage negotiation right. and that sort of thing uh once the governor showed up though the montoya was off the case um now Tex, i'm sure there are procedures in place for this type of thing um On the negotiation side, I mean, I realize that's a very specific thing, but, I mean, how do you think that was mishandled there with the way they did that?
5: Um, Well, like I was saying before about uh, Montoya there, uh, he's a decision maker like the governor is or was. Um, They really should never be in the negotiation process. You never want your decision makers because then it's either a yes or a no. True. Not a uh, uh, let me see what I can do. Because really all you're doing with hostage negotiation is trying to buy time. Right. You're trying to buy time. So.
2: That's true. So if you could say, I got to get back to you, let me ask, you know, that's going to buy time short of right. or, or the other side would be you're the one that could say yes or no. It makes total sense. The final body count was officially 33, but some think it might have been closer to 50, uh, due to the fact of all those bodies burned Burned up, they headed, no records, dental shit, nothing, no way to really identify some of these guys. Um, So it is amazing to me
0: how the fuck some shit like this happens. And Chris, I mean, definitely like a movie. Like it sounds like a movie. A horror movie just got made in prison.
2: Right. Um, Only one of the rioters uh, received additional time for the crimes he committed. He got nine years. Uh, Some were convicted, but the sentences were to run concurrent. So they were already doing time, so no additional time. Uh, Most of the corrections officers were not able to return to work after this incident. Uh, Some were moved to other prisons in other states. Uh, years later, the state of New Mexico offered to give them medals, uh, but many of them refused them. Uh, there was one female. I heard an interview with her, and she was like, you can go fuck your medals or something like that. It was like the size of a quarter, right? she like, said, and that's just ass, fuck yeah. you, basically. Uh, many
0: were totally changed by this. I can't imagine they wouldn't be. How can you not? Man? I mean, watching the... The one, the documentaries, the guards like reliving it. Like you can see it in their face. Like, I don't, why am I going through this in my head again right now?
2: Right. And I mean, Tex, I can't imagine after going through something like that, that you could even go back to the job after that.
5: Hell no, I wouldn't go back to the job. And like that lady said about the medals, man, can you imagine being beat and tortured and stripped naked and thinking you're going to die and then, You get out of there, you try to get help, nobody will help you, and then years later,
2: oh, here's a medal. Right. Yeah, kiss my ass. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't have taken it either. Um, Now, the prison was closed and renovated to become a medium security facility. Uh, Years later, it became a maximum security prison again, and apparently still that way. I did watch one documentary that talked about how some of the things that the inmates brought up about the way they were treated did make some changes in the New Mexico prison system. So at least there's that, um, as bad as this whole thing is or was. Uh, There are some movies, ironically, that were filmed there. Um, The newest version of The Longest Yard. Yeah, with
0: Adam Sandler that was filmed there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, The Book of Eli, All the Pretty Horses. There were several I saw listed Uh, Some claim that the prison is haunted uh, with all the death and torment. I guess I could see that. Um, Chris, anything else about this
0: case? I know you researched it, too. I did see that it's—that is basically pretty much, like, shut down. There's only limited uh, uh, faculty there, and, like, the— hospital area was like mainly the only thing still open there and I know they do tours through there too yeah, like yeah. it's like a museum
2: of sorts so I'm not sure because like I said I what I saw was pretty current but I don't know maybe they I didn't look enough to see when they actually stopped right or if they stopped I know like Joliet was that way they filmed a lot of movies up there
0: Juliet, but yeah. they had a
2: very minimal amount of inmates on the site but most of the prison was vacant right and they used it they rented it out I remember looking at it for a video shoot it was like a thousand bucks a day it wasn't even that much right and that's how this is it's not that yeah, much that's what to they rent said it
0: out to rent this out for movies or whatever when they filmed The, yeah. long, the Longest Yard they were paying a thousand dollars a day yeah, for it yeah that's
2: not that bad for, for what you're getting if that's what you need for your, your project right um, definitely big thanks Tex uh, for staying with us through the segment and giving us the benefit of your experiences there anything you would like to add to this before we uh, let you go?
5: Yeah, man. Uh, they actually they closed the prison in nineteen ninety eight. Okay. Ah, okay, uh, okay. They they built a couple of other ones like right next to it.
2: Okay. So the
5: only thing the only thing this is uh, the old main, which is what they call it now. It's used for the films, like you said, and just the tours now. So.
2: Oh, okay excellent yeah. well thanks for chiming in with that because I did not know Right, that. I wasn't a hundred percent sure yeah. I know
0: I had seen it but I couldn't remember and
2: yeah that's the thing you watch a lot of these and this happened you know what was 40 years 40, ago yeah so there's like old stuff and then stuff that like they did a 10 years later right so I've seen several of these and it, it does sometimes get confusing um, the research for this episode um, it was done with a couple different documentaries Yikes. on YouTube, uh, some reading. I did listen to a three-part podca- podcast on the riot called Unresolved. Uh, the they, podcast yeah, is they called got Unresolved. Into,
0: yeah, they got into it a lot more, like yeah. the prison, the all the all how, how the inmates were getting treated. They got into right. it a lot more.
2: Yeah, I really liked that one. It was a little dry, but the information yeah, was very good. Information. Um, also, some books about it, uh, Hate Factory, And the other one, which I don't have, The Devil's Workshop. There are a few more and a lot of things you can read, of course, online. Uh, Next time, we're going to be featuring the bizarre case of serial killer Herbert Mullen. This should be a good one. That was an interesting guy. If you're familiar with him, uh, if you're not familiar with him, you're in for a treat. Uh, He had some wild ideas. He's a religious fanatic. The whole reason
0: he was killing you is kind of strange. It is a little
2: strange. So crimes are very gruesome. And so you definitely got to get your money's worth next time around with episode 73. And Tex, of course, we'll have you back. Uh, We've got a couple episodes coming up where we're going to have you back on. So if you'll have us, uh, we'd love to have you come in here on Murder Metal Mayhem. So... Thank you very much again uh, for doing this. Hey, thank y'all for having me, man. Legalize it. (laughs) (laughs) I think I hear that intro song, Get Ready to Jam the Fuck Out. Must be CK, that great metal motherfucker, Chris.
0: yeah, man. Let's get our metal on.
2: Known the world over as the master of metal, the crusher of posers. And murder metal mayhems, knower of all things metal, hailing from Wildman Street in Danbury, Connecticut, standing at six feet of brutal punishing madness, weighing in at 220 pounds of poser pulverization. The one, the only, oh toughest bastard on the planet,
1: Chris CK!
2: fuck yeah man great metal motherfucker on here tonight with us yeah what's up ck what's up how you doing over there on wild man street man
6: doing okay
2: good in there you feeling good yeah i'm feeling i'm feeling
6: good i'm a little sore today um i was probably doing more shit than i should have the the last couple days and um paying for it a little but yeah as far as health as far as feeling good i I feel um i feel really good so that's That's great
2: be over there playing volleyball before long man (laughs) yeah i think they had the
6: playoffs the other day
2: (laughs) (laughs) the playoffs nice (laughs) nice
6: there's literally like 150 people over there goddamn
2: damn That's crazy. You gotta get Shaw back over in on that shit.
0: <laughs> you gotta tell
2: him about the new song that Joey played for oh, you. Yeah,
0: dude. Fucking uh, last weekend it was uh, was the Thirty Three's uh, uh, CD release party, and freaking Cashman played and shit. He got to the last song. He's like, "All right, this is the last one. I got no. If you haven't heard this one. Nobody's heard this one before." He goes, "This one's called Shawback Drunk." <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's yeah, fucking dude. awesome. What, what the fuck? Yeah. That's a whole different level of drugs. That's a eh? whole different level. <laughs> <of drunk. laughs>
2: That's, funny. that's after like
6: three cases of beer. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking funny. something though. like that. That's funny though. So
0: obviously, of course. So while he's jamming it and shit, me and my brother we gotta do shots and shit while he's jamming. <laughs> of course, duh. <laughs> Can't let people down. Actually, Brittany got video the whole song too. So <laughs> oh,
6: nice, <laughs> yeah.
0: nice. So
2: hey, s- you know,
6: know, know what? There's um. I just saw the whole um mod from FTA. Oh yeah. Set is up on YouTube.
0: Yeah, yeah, dude, oh, that cool. was fucking badass. I'll have to check
2: that out. Now, uh, CK, you uh, you wanted to do this uh, topic tonight because uh, Chris had personally requested that you do yes. this band. So, uh, fuck yeah! What do you got in store? Because I'm I'm sure it's going to be pretty fucking nasty.
6: We're doing um, Glenn Benton and Deicide.
2: Nice, some nice Talk Christian about, um, Christian music. Yeah
6: yeah yeah exactly well <laughs> uh, um nobody knows glenn benton this dude fucking literally branded a fucking vertic cross in his forehead yeah right, right in the <laughs> center of his
0: fucking forehead dude.
6: <laughs> like yeah. like he did it like 12 times I, I believe it's pretty much now it's um
0: oh my god it's permanent <laughs>
6: It, it's it's not as visible
0: anymore right wow I mean, you could see it you could see it but it's, but it's not like it used to be oh no i remember seeing pictures back in the day like it was very very fucking prominent yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
6: I, I and i think now he kind of regrets it would because he has kids and shit
0: right but um well,
2: I used you know, to have the dude. inverted cross mustache when I was in my former band. <laughs> that's and the, right. The handles of the mustache came down were two inverted crosses at the bottom. Yeah, and
0: get the fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, I
2: was bit. a waiter at the time, too, <laughs> at the Sycamore. Yeah,
0: That's hilarious. Yeah,
2: it was uh, definitely a conversation starter. <laughs> I
4: <so>. bet. <laughs> but that, that know,
6: everybody's done stupid shit when they were young, so I not right.
2: uh, Just his is
6: fucking permanent.
2: Yeah, yeah a little permanent.
6: bit. permanent. <laughs> But anyway, um, Deicide formed in 87, um, it was originally drummer Steve Asheen, um, the Hoffman brothers, Eric and Brian, and they hired, um, Glenn Benton as bassist at that time. Um, they went
0: under the name Aman. Yes. I used to have the Feasting the Beast on, uh, cassette. Yeah. it's awesome. The, the demos. Yes. Yeah.
6: I was actually listening to that the other day. Um. Supposedly, the way it goes is: Glenn Benton went to the Roadrunner offices, went up to Monty Connor, and said, "Sign us, you fucking asshole." <laughs> That—that—that's that, that, what—that's what the—that's what thats what the, that's what, the um, thats what it says. I don't know how true it is. Right. And the next thing you know is they were signed. Um, released their first album. Do you? the self the self-titled deicide in 90 um that didn't have as much anti-christianity stuff as the later albums um that was probably more of the more of a death metal album than any album they ever done to me right weren't
0: most of the Um, song weren't most of the songs on that one off of the album yeah
6: like like six of the songs were from 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 the from the demo submitted to um
0: to roadrunner so yeah yeah that was some good shit though i love that yeah. album but um
6: you know eventually and it's kind of hard are, are they death metal because they don't because in reality they don't really sing about death metal topics i mean
0: right it's more Satanism. the majority
6: yeah the majority of their stuff is is you know, anti-Christianity right, yeah. and anti-religion.
4: Right.
0: So
6: it's, it's kind of hard to, I mean, they're considered death metal, but in reality, are, are they really? Um, no, th- this this lineup actually was together until 2004. So um, they actually went through the first eight albums, Legion, Once Upon a Cross, Serpents of the Light, um, and said sin- sin- there- it- him. I can't, I can't fucking pronounce that album for In- the life
0: of me incinerate him. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Something
6: like that. Um, and torment and hell and scar scars of the crucifix was the last album with, with, with this version of the band. Um, so, you know, for, for so last, like eight albums, last till 2004, um, the Hoffman brothers had an issue with Glenn Benton saying that he was withholding royalties. Um, they quit. Um, I believe they hired or, um, yeah, I believe they hired for a while. Um, what's his face from, um, cannibal corpse. Um, uh, Jack uh, Owen. Yeah. Jack, Jack Owen. Owen. That's Yeah. Thing, you're yeah. right. Um, and um, Vital Remains guitarist Dave Suzuki. Um, R- Suzuki wasn't in the band that long. He was replaced by Ralph, Ralph Santola, who um, toured with death, played in Ice Earth, and um, actually played with Sebastian Bach. Now, the funny thing with this is Santola is a, an Italian-American, and he's a, he's a practicing Roman Catholic.
2: Oh, oh really. Wow. I was going to ask if so, he was on a season of The Sopranos with that name.
6: No, but but he was like he was. I mean, he died. He, he died a couple of years ago. He had a massive heart attack at 48. Right. Um. So he passed away, but he was a practicing um. Roman Catholic. So That's supposedly, like- s- supposedly, Benton had didn't have an issue with it as long as he could play the shit.
0: Right. Well, it's kind of like Tom Mariah, right? Because he's yeah. Catholic, ain't he? Uh, yeah, he is. Uh, I don't know how how
4: religious he a, is, but yeah, but yeah, I mean
2: that's. I'm sure that runs. You know, the, a lot of these guys do it. The shit is a kind of their shtick when they're playing, but they're not actually right, right. like burning crosses. Yeah. But this motherfucker like, was pretty fucked up, though. Yeah, Benton was but, like really but, into that shit. Yeah, for real. But
6: it, but it's come out that originally it was tongue in cheek with him. Ah. That he really, that he did it just to piss people off, right? I mean, he wasn't a fan of organized religion, but he wasn't as hardcore as you say, like fucking worship Lucifer. Yeah. I, I, supposedly that was tongue in cheek. I see. Or, or that's what that's what people have said. I remember him going on um, religious shows, like TV shows calling into them and um radio radio shows right i remember flipping through the channels one time and um i just happened to, i don't know how the fuck i came across it i see talking to glenn Benton from from the satanic band side. with right. some religious show
4: that's
0: fucked up that, that is crazy
6: and, and, and he's and he's talking to him and he's got no, obviously he's got he's got he's got all these effects so he sounds demonic.
0: Right. Um
6: he's got what sounds like like the spirals of hell going on. No, so obviously he's in the studio and he's taunting these fucking born
0: again Christians <laughs> like, like you wouldn't believe. Oh, I can only imagine, dude. <laughs> I think you I've
2: know, seen video of King Diamond talking to like priests on some talk show and he, he was it? getting them pretty good, man.
6: Triggered but, but <laughs> but but the fucking chick from, from the religious show is like he almost sounds like he's the devil I'm oh like he's God. stupid twat <laughs> he's got the sex on his lips <laughs> right man. wow really okay. <laughs> so anyway um you know they parted ways with the Hoffman um had a couple feelings went on to record some um some more killer albums and, and what, what, what I, what I tend to label deicide is, is the death metal is the ACDC of death metal. Okay. Cause I think, I think when you, when you hear, when you hear a, a deicide album, you get what you get. No, it's not going to be anything. It's not going to be a departure from the last album. Um,
0: you get Deicide.
6: Yeah, you know it's not—it's not like like say say Death, where every album was was completely different. Right. Or um, e- or even more of an Angel. You know, um, and even where to the point. But um, as far as DSI, when when you bought a i album, you knew you were getting you were getting, fucking anti-fucking Christianity shit, brutal fucking riffs. And, um, blast
0: beat drums, fucking
6: blast beat drums. And, and and, no, that's what you got. And they didn't stray too far off the path. And, and, you know, after scars of crucifix, you know, they, they put out the stench of redemption. I I believe they, they signed with earache on scars of crucifix. Um, and I believe up until to hell with God, they were, they were still on, um, Eric, and finally Silence Center Media for the last couple albums. Now I know you didn't like the. I know I know you weren't
0: too too enthralled with
6: the last album, Chris.
0: Um, nah, I mean I've listened to it. I I should probably listen to it more, <laughs> give it more of a chance. But I listened to it, it was like, eh. But um,
6: I th- I thought the last two albums were killer. Um. But um, you know, D.S.I... You get what you get. Um, they put out consistent albums to me. Every album was consistent. Um, I don't think they put out one bad album.
2: How are they live? Um, I've never seen them they're live. They're fucking awesome live, dude. Are they? Yeah, they're fucking I've seen video of
6: them live. live. They they sound great live. Yeah,
0: I've seen them at uh, the, uh, that place that used to be in Peoria. Fucking... It's closed now. Grass rail? No, it's, I can't remember what it's called. Fucking, it was downtown infirmary. No, anyway, yeah, I seen him in Peoria, and they were fucking just badass live. Nice. There.
2: Now, does Benton play anything, or does he just sing, or what does he? He plays bass. No, he's ba- oh. he
6: plays bass.
2: Oh, okay, nice.
6: You know, so so he, he does play bass. Um, you no, know, like I said, I I've, I've read interviews with him in the last couple of years, and he's mellowed out a bit. I believe um him having kids has mellowed him out oh. Mellowed him out a little. that happens yes. Where was he from c k originally from New York okay um and moved to Florida later on
2: gotcha um
6: i I could actually tell you exactly where in New York give just give me a second. I think I have it.
0: I remember seeing oh. videos of them like on YouTube of uh, I think that might have been still when they were among, on like public access TV and shit. That shit's fucking yeah, insane, yeah.
4: dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: Niagara
6: Falls, New York. Niagara Falls. York okay. Oh,
2: okay. Upstate. Nice. Now, um, uh, anything else about Deicide, CK, before we move just, on? Just
6: they, they've had um, issues playing live because they, they've had bomb threats called in on them.
0: Oh wow. Um, Just because of you know, who it is and what they talk about.
6: Who it is, I, I believe he had an issue where he was doing an interview and he shot um I guess there was a squirrel up in his attic fucking with his electrical and he shot the squirrel. Mm,
4: yeah. And I guess so?
6: I got the I guess I got the animal activist all fucking oh, um, Jesus. Yeah, dick dicked up.
2: Dicked up. <laughs> <laughs>
6: so um <laughs> you no, know, no. They they supposedly you know made threats against him. Um, they've had to cancel a couple live shows uh, in Europe because of um, threats. But um, you know, uh, other than you know, I I, I think as far as, Yeni, as 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 far as the, the the Satanism stuff, I think he did it as just to piss people off. I don't think he was that into it. Right. Yeah, kind of right. like a venom
2: well, or somebody like yeah, that.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even even King Diamond, even King Diamond now, he's, you know, he's not as satanic as he was. He just right. says that he's anti-organized religion. So, right, you know, I, I guess I guess it's all it's all just to to, to piss people off. So, right. Okay. I mean, you no, know, if you haven't heard of DSI.
0: You're missing I out. The
6: fir- I would start with the first album.
0: Yep. DSide.
6: And just Yep. And just work your way up because each album I dig I dig all their albums. So um All
0: right. Quick quick deicide story. It's kinda of funny. So I was uh, probably sixteen or seventeen and uh once upon the cross it just came out or whatever i got it on cassette and i borrow my aunt's car she's super
4: religious (laughs) 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 yeah so so
0: i borrow my aunt's car i'm freaking driving around i'm jamming deicide in car i fucking when i give her her car back i take the cassette out of the deck but leave the case with the lighter and everything in the car by accident so she's like she tells me she's like yeah uh so I found this uh, tape case, cassette case in my car. She's like, I looked at it and I was like, Oh, once upon the cross. That's cool. Chris <laughs> is listening to religious music, opens it up and sees it. Cause you know, I have got Jesus all splayed out and everything. Yeah. Then starts looking at the lyrics oh and she's God. like, I hope, you know, I threw that away. I was like, I kind of figured you would. <laughs> Fucking, my bad. <laughs>
2: oh, man. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's awesome. Now, CK, you got a Lost Classic this week, right? Another one for us?
6: Yes, I do. It's um a band from the mid-'80s out of Seattle. I don't know if many people have heard of this band. They they had two albums. Um. They were signed to Combat Records. Um, and the name of the band is Forced Entry.
0: Forced Entry. Um, yeah, I'd yeah. never heard of them yeah, before. I never heard of them.
6: Um, they weren't well known, but both both their albums were um, were actually got positive reviews. Um, the one album in particular that that I think is the better one is the first one, which is called um, "God Damn It." It's on the tip of my tongue. This is what going through all this medical shit does to your brain. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I bet,
0: dude. I'm sure.
6: Uncertain <laughs> um, future, which was released in '89, and they had "As Above, So Below" in '1991. Um, I think Uncertain Future is still available. Um, just really good early thrash, classic thrash from the '80s. Nice. Um, that's what it is. So, that's so cool. if you get a chance, check these guys out. Killer stuff, um, old stuff, classic
0: stuff. So that's oh, awesome. Yeah. Man. I'll definitely check that out. I just pull it up on my face on my computer sitting here. That way, I remember. It. There you go. <laughs> yeah now 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 i have
6: a pet peeve that i gotta get off my chest
0: go okay. ahead man the
6: so-called fucking merciful fate reunion
2: uh i saw it dude oh my god
6: fucking bullshit yeah how, how, how how's two-fifths of the band a
0: reunion right, Two- right. Fifths. that's kind of almost like i saw something about talks about phil getting with Rex and fucking doing Pantera reunion. Yeah, how the fuck you can do Pantera without Vinny and fucking Dime? Right, you can't. Yeah, Yeah. they they
6: want to get Zach, Rex, and um, yeah, Phil and Selmo. Yeah, you know I'm not the hugest Pantera fan. But come
0: on, yeah,
4: that's, yeah, not, that's not right.
0: And and you know? me and my brother, me and Mike, were talking. Might as well just get freaking uh, Rex to play bass with the illegals because they do a shit ton of Pantera songs. Yeah, anyway. that's what I heard.
6: I heard. I heard. Like all, when we
0: saw them, they did a shit ton of Pantera songs. So I
2: mean, right. why? I heard
6: the, I heard the majority said is Pantera.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I I can't imagine Merciful Fate doing that without Michael Denner. Um, well, especially Michael Denner, but Michael they, Denner's they, like not talking to them cuz he's been snubbed.
6: Yeah, he's like fuck them and you know granted, you know later on some of these guys the, the I think it's Mike Weed and the drummer were um, in later versions of Merciful Fate, later right, albums. Right. And they and they got Joey Vera on bass. Joey Vera's never been a fucking Merciful Fate. I love the guy to death. But he's never been a merciful fate, right? No, granted, I know Tim Graber is is fighting cancer and obviously can't do it.
2: Yeah, I did see that. But, that was too bad. I saw that news.
6: But um, you know, don't call it a fucking reunion.
0: No, cause it ain't. Yeah.
2: You
6: know, because just cause you have you King Diamond and and fucking Hank Sherman, and remember Hank Sherman was the one who flaked out. Yeah, Ridge he's Lake the Street.
2: one that caused the band to break up. Was because yeah. of his stupid ass.
6: For and wanting to wear a fucking pink pants and all this shit, right? You know, so so, I have no problems with with if they want to say it's it's fate, but don't say it's a reunion because the reunion right. would be fucking King Diamond, Michael Denner, um, Hank Sherman, Kim Ruz, and fucking Tim Hansen. That right. would be a fucking reunion.
2: Right. Well you know, said, man. Well said. Definitely. I agree with you. Well, uh, you got CK all fired up over there. Fuck Fuck it, 666 Club. Uh, People need to be getting in. No, it's fine, dude. Get it. Getting uh, people to sign up for the 666 Club. You're going to get CK even more, mad. Right. Go to Patreon. (laughs) Go to Patreon.com slash Murder Metal Mayhem for 3 bucks. You can get a month of great bonus content, VIP access to the show, deals on merch and all of that. So go check that out. We'll link
0: to that in the episode description. Oh yeah. Even if you just want some merch, hit us up, dude.
2: Yeah.
6: Sure. Don't, don't get me pissed off anymore. (laughs) That's right. That's right.
2: Now, CK, any other national metal news before we look, go into some local stuff?
6: Um, not really. I mean, that that was the biggest one was the Merciful fate supposed reunion. Right. Um, but um that's that's pretty it pretty much it
2: all right right. now on the local front chris you mentioned that zabalba 33 album release party that that was really cool badass
0: anybody out there listening, check out cody's shit zabalba 33 it's amazing the show was insane dude like for fucking just local show everybody getting together that's awesome it was insane uh gormonger killed it like i said that freaking last song he did was like just shocked me i was like what right that fucking <laughs> gormonger, <laughs> yeah gormonger killed it chalk was just off the hook man that freaking uh event of collapse when they were jamming dude because they all they all play with fucking barefoot and shit so i'm out there in the pit i fucking took my boots off i'm moshing around like i'm gonna get my fucking toes broke dude that fucking <laughs> you it, got it, all it, fucked up though Oh dude all right Check this out, CK. I'm sitting here right now. My ribs are in pain. I don't know if I cracked one or what, but like ever since then, dude, I've just been in pain. So my ribs are fucked up. And then Pete, the guitar player from Chalk, he cracked three ribs at that show. And then Skip, the vocalist... The vocalist for Blood Feud went to the doctor. He separated the muscle from his ribs. So if, if that tells you how rowdy we got it all,
4: dude. I, I picked up
0: Pete's monster. Jesus Christ. Yeah, dude. I picked up Pete's monster ass and suplexed him. And he's a big boy, dude. Yeah, Pete's
2: a big dude. So yeah, that's pretty crazy, man. Yeah, that,
0: that show, Zabalba 33, fucking Cody killed it. And inevitable suicide, fucking gam shit. Uh, first time I'd heard Gam's shit yeah. that he's working on. And it sounded fucking good as fuck, man. Oh, cool. So yeah, get out there and check. These bands out, yeah, uh, that's
2: really cool, man. Yeah,
0: get online, uh, grab Zabalba 33's album. I, I promise I won't kill you. And yeah,
2: you gotta love that. Yeah. Christmas is coming up, it's coming. What better thing to get for the family than a copy of Zabalba 33?
0: Fucking A. yeah,
2: now, uh, we did that interview with Adam Jarvis, we talked about that, uh. Like thirty-five minutes long is really good. Uh, picked about a, a almost a fu- an eleven-minute piece of it.
0: Yeah, that was a fun interview, man.
2: So yeah, we talked about a lot of good stuff about his tour over in Europe this summer with right. the Misery Index and some Pig Destroyer so, stuff
0: yep, and some tech shit for the drummers out there. Yeah, fucking- talking about
2: his drum kit and recording and and recording with uh, Eric Rutan on this last album and and scour yeah doing the fill-in selmo stuff so it was a really good interview adam's a great guy he's from central illinois that's how i know him uh known him for a very long time and he was very gracious to take a little bit of time out and uh call us and we chatted and so we'll play a little piece of that as we leave metal Heading into mayhem after that. So, Shit, yeah, man. So, thanks, CK, Thank for you, uh, sticking around. And, uh,
6: hey, uh, are, are, are we allowed to announce, um,
2: oh, what, what you're what doing? we
6: found out yesterday.
2: What we found out yesterday.
0: Oh, the, the, the CDN. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. We did mention that, uh, in the intro, but yeah, that's a good point. You're going to start doing some. Uh, Album reviews for uh, CDN Records out of Canada. We're going to do those in the metal segment. So you're going to have your... All the metal you could possibly dude, stand, dude. That
4: picture
0: Pete sent me of your room, will fucking got Jesus Christ, bro. <laughs> holy fuck.
6: <laughs> it's it staying like that for a while because yeah. I, I, I ain't fucking up to do shit with it. Well,
0: no, I'm just saying the amount. Oh, it's crazy, fuck, dude. man. And that's
2: not even all of it, oh, man. That that's just that, some of it. That
6: doesn't include what's, what, what's, what's in the closet. Are you right?
2: serious? Yeah, and all that shit in but, that other but, room. I took pictures. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Plus God, in my damn.
6: plus in my second um, my second living room, I have I have a, a case full of CDs.
2: Yeah, oh, damn, dude. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Between that and the shoes, yeah, man, I a, never seen anything like it's it. A <laughs> it's a sickness. <laughs> it's a sickness. It's
6: a sickness. I don't know if there's a fucking cure either.
2: <laughs> That's funny. Need Cause, more cause need more I metal.
6: Because I, I just got I just got more shit. Ready, so.
2: <laughs> right, now what you know? were you gonna do next time man
6: i'm gonna do um as i lay dying
2: oh
0: that's right oh, that's right that's right that should be
2: interesting a little interesting.
6: bit of a co- controversial um
0: yeah because they got, if,
6: if nobody knows if nobody knows about tim lamb pieces, you're gonna find out next week about him
0: um, oh yeah yeah
6: you know and, and there's controversy as far as um yeah because they got new shit coming out right they they got they had a new album come out last week.
0: Okay, it did come out already. Oh, uh, okay.
6: Yeah, it came out already, and and I know a lot of people are um, giving them giving giving as I lay dying the band members, um, not Timon Vees, but the rest of the band members shit for um, being hypocritical. So
2: right so that should be an interesting one little controversy there so we'll look forward to that and always good to talk with you man oh yeah and we're going to play this adam jarvis clip so you guys check this out we'll see on the other side of that
0: i've seen videos of like obscene extreme and shit and it looks awesome as fuck. how was that
1: obscene extreme this year was awesome as uh that's that's one of the standout festivals for sure in all of europe because it's just they call it freak friendly for a reason. And you just see craziest costumes. People like you'll have like a banana and a uh, dude dressed up as a cow on stage doing stage dives. (laughs) that,
0: That shit's so awesome. I love seeing that shit.
1: There's no, there's no barricade or anything. And this year cannibal corpse played and, um, you know, Corpse Grinder was all about it. You know, people were out getting up there and stage diving. Usually they're not fans of that like at all, but it's like when in Rome, I mean that festival's known for that. So it was cool to see them kind of just like lay back a little bit and just like have fun. And, you know, it's more punk rock kind of festival. And um but yeah other than that we did a few other uh European festivals in the summer. Um right after Rituals of Power came out in March, we did a headlining tour with um worm rot from singapore and uh lion's daughter actually from st louis um and another band truth corroded from down under in australia nice Um, nice. all bands and uh super diverse package and every band kind of brought their own thing to the table and it's really cool just to have like you know bands from just different corners of the world you know and um we, we had a lot of hands-on, like, picking these bands and had a lot of fun with it, and um, it's nice to go out right when your record comes out as well, you know, just to kind of push it a little bit more, and...
0: Definitely, definitely, hell yeah. First time
1: we did, like, a headlining tour in a while, and the turnouts were great, and we couldn't have been happier with, you know, every single show, basically, every night, you know, when it's, like, a Monday, and say you're in some city that you've never played in, and you're like, ah, oh, this is going to be like two people and a goat.
4: Come on to the show
1: now. <laughs> all of a sudden, doors open and the room's full. You're like, holy shit. Like, all right, I guess, you know. This is fucking happening. <laughs> yeah. And the yeah. summer the summer tours are always fun, but it's uh, filling in the gaps in between the festivals over the weekends. You know, because you kind of have like your anchor shows, like uh, like Obscene Extreme, for instance, or uh, we did Ross Guild Fest up in Denmark and um you know so in between you just try to fill in the dates and it's always you never know who you're going to be playing with and we did we did a show with uh this band suppression from uh richmond virginia which was awesome um uh why am i drawing a blank right now um ryan ryan Parrish, he plays in um iron reagan now iron and Reagan's he was in,
0: like, so awesome dude
1: but yeah, his his other band, they're just like straight grind, like nasty, just 30-second songs, or like five-second songs, really spastic. <laughs> nice. Fuck yeah. So our these, uh, fans just didn't know what to do. They were watching, just like, what is this? And then another <laughs> show, um, Napalm Death and Full of Hell, just oh, a nice. random show in, in Munich, which was amazing, so... Yeah, it's always fun that time of the year, you know?
2: Yeah, that sounds killer, man. We get jealous here in the U.S. because we don't usually see stuff like that. But, dude, that new Misery yeah. Index album, you mentioned Rituals of Power, is so fucking brutal. We've been playing it on the show, Little Pieces. And how has the media uh, been digging it and the fans as well?
1: Um, I think we, we hit a home run with this one because, uh, you know, we – we wanted to, well, first of all, I guess we, the songwriting first comes first and then your production and stuff like that. But, you know, we just kind of, we didn't intentionally scale back, but we kind of like just wanted to write like just heavier, groovier, you know, good driving kind of music, you know, yeah. more kind of. that's different. Roots.
2: It's different. Yeah. It, I like that you slow it down a little bit. I mean, you guys are amazing players and to me, I think it it's kind of diverse when you can not just blast beat the whole time, you know what I mean, and mixing up the tempos. I mean, it's killer, man.
1: Yeah, and it, that was that was one of the main things like there was um I guess that guy calls himself like Badger or whatever on on YouTube. Um he he did a review of our album and a lot of people Still to this day, which it, it still kind of blows my mind, you know, given all the resources you have to go and listen to any freaking song in the world at a click of a button. But, uh, you know, it's not like back in the day where you had to order a CD. And right. Wait two no. weeks.
2: Four to six weeks.
1: <laughs> and then you get it and it sucks and then you're pissed. But um, Right. I remember that shit. So, you know, it's like there was still people that were like, Oh, I, I never listened to misery index before. Cause I thought they sounded like misery signals. And it's like, <laughs> it's good to have misery. Like if you did that with every band that had death or right. uh, blood in the name, and you're like, Oh, that they just sound like that other band, you know? And it's exactly, exactly so a lot of people actually checked us out and they were like, Holy shit. Like I'm gonna have to listen to this band some more. And you know, it's crazy that that's our sixth full length album. I think it's sixth or seventh and still people are just checking us out for the first time, you know, and like wow. actually even hearing of the band for the first time. So it's a good thing. You yeah. Know, that's cool, uh, man. Oh, yeah. You know, you gotta, you, you, you think that you just put your stuff out on a you know bigger label and it's in a, in a magazine and people are talking about it on blabbermouth or Lambgoat or whatever metal news site that people are going to know who you are. But It's just, you know, it doesn't, it still, it's still doesn't travel as fast as you think it should. You know, you still got to go out. You gotta, you gotta do your, the groundwork. You gotta go out with different bands, you know, and just try and reach, you know, multiple outlets and try and get
0: it out there. That's fucking awesome, man. And, so like uh i've seen a lot of your videos on sick drummer those guys like follow you around because you come up in my newsfeed all the time just killing your kit dude like how's that
1: yeah i mean when ian which that's my boy hell yeah um he first got sick drummer going i had talked to him I'd, i'd literally sit on the phone and talk to that dude for like two or three hours like on a friday night i'd get a 12 pack and me and him would just like sit on the phone like we were just like hanging out and you know drink beer and bullshit and he's a cool guy man and he's done a lot of great things and he's exposed a lot of amazing drummers all over the world that nobody would have ever found out about you know and a lot of those drummers have gone on to do bigger and better things just because of that media outlet that he has and you know it's pretty amazing to see somebody do that but um another thing is like grinds jeff grindstiffer was just in town for the pig destroyer shows that we did last weekend and i've known that guy since the all Wolf fall days and you know it's um it's just awesome that you know they have such a force behind them now that they got people in new york they got you know jeff travels all over the place to record bands like he just he just went to like I think he just uh, recorded Jay Weinberg from Slipknot and um, interviewed him, and like Ray Luzier from Corn, and you know.
0: He's just getting out there. Huh? So they're
1: they're doing they're pretty awesome, and you know I, I'm still glad that they uh, give me the time of day to. You know, let me show the world how I beat the shit out of my drums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: That's for sure. I know you just mentioned Pig Destroyer, and of course you also play with them. And I did see that you guys just played some East Coast shows. And I've been kind of laughing. We did a couple episodes where your name came up. Uh, and I got to know, where did the band's name come from? I mean, is it like you guys hate pigs? Or, or is it a, like a cop thing? Or what is the band name mean?
1: Well, that was all JR and Scott back in the day, right? Um, from what I understand, is they they were literally like uh, just trying to come up with an extremely offensive band name, but also something that like sticks with you. Like, I mean, I still go to this one. It's maybe the most offensive one that's ever been out. But "Dying Fetus" is I love, like
2: right, yeah. There's
1: you hear "Fetus" and. I don't care who you are. If you're a nun, you're going to remember that band name because you're like, oh my gosh, dying fetus. Yeah, right.
0: exactly,
1: exactly. So they, I think Scott said they were like just spitballing back and forth. And I think Scott said Cop Killer. Ah. And, um, JR was like, what about Pig Destroyer? Nice. Perfect. perfect. That's and cool. Were, that makes more like, sense. Enjoy. I was like,
2: what's the deal with that? And, we were laughing yeah. about that name and then cattle decapitation. Like, what's the deal with the hatred of animals, man? It's just funny.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because we played uh, Three Floyds Festival up by um, Chicago, the, the brewery Three Floyds. Um, they actually did a beer for Pig Destroyer called Permanent Funeral. It's oh, no ridiculous. Sure. If you live up by Chicago and you haven't gone to Three Floyds, then you miss it out. But oh, wow. um They um, – they do a festival every year, and there was like a bunch of cops backstage, and we got a picture with like seven or eight cops, you know, kind <laughs> of, you know, pig destroyer with buttons. Of... <laughs> That's great. That's dude. great, but dude. I'm, there's, there's no, it's not like we personally oh, hate cops. No, of, no, course, of not. course not. Of course it's not. not. It's, it's not. Fun, no, of course just that kind fun. of Stick, and you know, it's like, you know, kind of a funny ha ha kind of thing, which of course, you know, right everybody takes everything too seriously these days but that's not the intention of this one yeah that's for sure
0: so uh i seen your cousin john at full terror assault a couple weeks ago Find yourself getting pissed at shit for no goddamn motherfucking reason. Do you ever want to just kill a bitch? God damn it, you fucking bitch! Here at Benoit Anger Management, we can help you out when you're about ready to fucking snap. Let one of our life coaches help you through that shit, motherfucker. I told you to shut the fuck up. Call us at eight hundred Got Rage, and we'll tuck you down off that ledge and teach you how to get that shit in control before you kill everybody in your fucking family. Ben Wanger Management could fucking help.
4: Shut the fuck
2: up! Wow, those guys at Ben Wanger Management are fucked up. Yeah, man. they know
0: how to. I don't think they do know how to help your anger management. sleep up. Yeah, sounds like a little bit of a fucking issue going on yeah, over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like a party in the trailer park.
2: <laughs> that was a cool little clip from that Adam Jarvis interview, yes, it man. Was.
4: And oh, yeah. uh we'll play Talking the whole Adam's thing
2: great. at some point, but that gives you a little taste of that. And then before that we had some uh dsi, DSI Dead, by Dawn. Dead by Dawn that was fucking badass. And uh so yeah, so now we're in Mayhem, dude. We What's like being in Mayhem. It's always fun over
0: here in this spot. <laughs> That's right. You said you got a little disgusting story you got. I do, <laughs>
2: man. I I forgot all about this one, and I don't remember... oh Jenny and I were driving by this house on the outskirts of Hayworth that uh, I knew some people that lived there for a period of time. um, And they're not there anymore. And they've had a problem keeping people in this house. Right. So that's why I pointed out to her because it was people like moving in. And I was like, man, they can't keep anybody in that house. I remember these people that lived there. uh, When we lived in the trailer park before we moved to Hayworth, uh, we lived in a trailer court in Bloomington. And there was this couple that was like a couple trailers down and across the street that had three kids. Okay. And uh, he drove a, a semi. I don't know what she did other than hold the couch down. Um, <laughs> and then three kids. And they were, you know, he drove a semi. I mean, he was making pretty decent money. You right, know? right. So I'm not quite sure why they were so conservative when it came to their water. Okay. But apparently uh, money was, you know, very tight and uh, or they were very, you know, uh, environmentally friendly. Maybe go with that. Do you want to? I don't know where water? this is
0: going. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> so
2: here's how it would work. OK, well, I know when they ate dinner, uh, they would make enough for them. And if there was any left, the kids ate.
0: Get the fuck out of here. No, no. Wait, hold on. They didn't keep feed the fucking kids first. No. The kids oh, ate whatever that's was so left. So
2: bad, dude. Isn't it? And then when it was time to take a bath at the end of the day, oh no. They would draw a bath for the dad, and he would take his bath, and then the water would stay in there, and then the mom would take a bath. Oh. And then the kids would take baths. But you know, you know who they how they picked who went
0: last no I hope
2: I how (laughs) there were two girls and a boy and when they reached puberty whichever one of the girls was having her period she went last
0: oh my god dude Oh my God, dude! Oh, <laughs> it's like you're bleeding. You go last in the dirt water. <laughs> that is so nasty, man. Oh my! I god I mean, Jesus Christ! How
2: fucking bad can you be? Uh, Money wise, so that you got to share bath water uh, with five fucking people. Uh, uh, yeah, that's 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 brutal. So uh, <laughs> I thought you would like that. So that's, that's, that's interesting. My yeah. bath water story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I ain't got nothing today, dude. <laughs> uh,
0: I think between breaking my ribs and yeah. leaving Diaz's side in the goddamn car, I think I'm good for the night. <laughs> yeah, I think you're good.
2: Now, we got a killer cage match tonight, man. Got Casey Anthony versus Al Capone. Yes, Sure going to be an interesting uh, matchup. And, of course, earlier we said that Casey Anthony was a murderer. We know that she was acquitted, which is why so many people don't like her. Right, because they believe that she killed her daughter, Nobody but she knows was for sure. But she was found not guilty yeah. or acquitted. I'm not sure She's which, but yeah. But she was, you know, exonerated. So she uh, left the courtroom a free woman. But there's an awful lot of people. I mean, that think that she did kill her daughter.
0: Your, when your kid's missing like that, and you're out partying, fucking, I, yeah, you, you, fuck
4: you.
2: Yeah, I definitely had some issues. I think we all do. So I think everybody's rooting for Capone. Uh, Of course, we're going to be up at Shakers next week, which uh, is going to be Al Capone fucking turf. Uh, They got two crazy objects to fight with and a funny variable in the cage with them. Uh, Thanks to listeners, Jennifer Jean, Bob White, and Angela Fusaro uh, for calling in or uh, posting on Facebook with some random numbers. The way this works, Chris, we got 60 killers and 60 objects we came up with, so these people pick random numbers for us, and then we've got 1 through 15 with some interesting variables in the mix there. That
0: goes in there, and a little challenge besides the fight, so yeah, and tonight they're going to be fighting with a pair of... Hedge clippers, the manual choppy kind, not right. the like fucking electric kind, right? And a bloodstained, stinky thong. <laughs> mm. And it's probably fucking Casey's. Yeah, very likely. (laughs) It's probably Casey's. (laughs) Fuck, goddamn. And then uh, the variable tonight is a male deer in rut with sharpened antlers. Nice. He's out there looking for some tang. (laughs) (laughs) And he's got some nice sharp antlers to impale you with. He's going to impale you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So it's definitely an interesting one. So what do you think, dude? I mean.
0: um, well.
2: I mean, he's obviously a lot bigger than she is.
4: Yeah. I,
0: Casey Anthony's Capone's taking her out, dude. Fuck that. Right. He's taking them fucking, them fucking hedge clippers and I want her family dead. I want her kids dead and <laughs> killing her, dude. Fucking okay, hacking her up. Fucking mafia style. Okay. like Straight up. And then, uh, the deer, <laughs> if it charges at him, he better hope he's good with those hedge clippers. Or
2: the stinky thong, maybe he could throw it at the deer's face and get in its oh. eyes and shit. And, the and then pussy juice and all of a sudden and...
0: the deer's got a boner? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't know, because if he's in rut, man, he's going to be all amped up over those panties. Yeah,
0: he's going to sniff it at him, trying to bang him. So I, I, I'm going with Capone 100% on this,
4: like yeah. without
0: a doubt.
2: Yeah, I think so, too. I don't think it's much of a contest. Not really. Other than if the deer fucks him up.
4: Yeah, with, with those his antlers. antlers,
2: if he
0: starts charging at him and fucking start, it ain't even got to be sharpened. If he comes at you with with them antlers at all, you're fucked. Right. Dude. Those things are mean; like yeah. they'll stomp the shit out of you.
2: Right. So I think that uh, I think this one was a pretty lopsided one, but it was yeah. funny to bat that around. And of course, next week on uh, Thursday, October third, we're gonna be where, Chris? We are gonna be at Shaker Cigar Bar in Milwaukee. Yeah, we love going up to Shakers. We were there last summer, and uh, this year we're going uh, next week. And we're going to post that episode toward the end of October. So you'll Hell be yeah. hearing it uh, only a few weeks after we go, where last time we did it in August but didn't have the episode until early or mid-October. Uh, this time you'll get it a few weeks, uh, just a couple weeks after, so that should be cool. Yep. We're going to do some ghost tours inside uh, Shakers, which is, of course, one of the most haunted bars in the the uh, United States. Yeah. And then uh, we're going to do the third floor. We're going to stay the night in the the Dead Hooker Suite. Check
0: it out. And uh, after we get off here, I got some things to run by that Cashman threw at me. So fuck yeah, dude. Okay. Okay. And then me and Cashman, and my brother, we're going to stay an extra night and hang out with the boys from sexual, sexual atrocities. So nice. that should be fucking fun. dude.
2: Yeah, that should be a good time, man. Uh, I know you guys are talking about them from FTA. So that's fucking cool. Dude, man. if
0: you have never seen a fucking sexual atrocity show, you are missing out, man. Jo- <laughs> dude, Josh uses two microphones and shit. Like, they're different tones. and what, Dude, their fucking whole show was a fucking party. Fuck yeah, dude. Team Huge.
3: nice
0: nice
2: so uh definitely going to be a good time up at shakers so if you're up that way come by and visit uh thursday october 3rd we'll be up there doing the ghost tours and checking out dead man's carnival is going to be jamming there hell yeah dude and that's going to be a good time and we'll have some cool interviews with staff about their experiences at shakers that should be cool and we'll be doing some recording of the tours themselves, so that should be good. And we'll put it all together, maybe a little music from Dead Man's Carnival, like we did last like time. We did
0: last time, fuck, yeah. And that
2: should be a really good, you know, extra episode uh, that you guys will dig. So oh, yeah, very cool. Uh, we did that interview. Uh, we mentioned that earlier with Doctor Harold Schechter. Amazing. Author, true crime, uh, many many books on Gene Holmes, Fish, you know uh, Pomeroy. We talked about the ones that we've done, Bell Gunnis and and uh, Earl Leonard Pomeroy. Nelson. And he's done so many of them. He's even done some other types of books, mysteries. I mean, he's very versatile. A professor for forty one years at Queens College, and so it was an honor to be able to do Definitely the interview. An honor
0: Definitely. Yeah,
2: and we'll probably play uh, a piece of that next week, uh, so you guys can hear some of that, and then we'll post the whole thing at some point down the road uh, for a bonus. So, uh, so yeah, so that's what's uh, going on. It's a mayhem world. I thought you would like that uh, story about the bathwater. Yeah, that's fucking brutal, dude. Pretty fucking (laughs) disgusting. So, all right. Well, we're about wrapping it up. We'll go into the outro, man. Hell yeah. Fucking Fuck misery that. index, man. Dude, new Salem from the new album, man. It's fucking yeah, I've been dominating. That man. Shit at home, dude. It's fucking god badass, man. Damn, that was so good. Great new album from those guys. So rituals of power, so killer. Uh, I hope they do some good touring here because I'd like to go see oh, them. Devil
0: love to go see them. Uh, that
2: would be really cool. Get to hook up with Adam and say hi in person. Right. That'd be great. Yeah. So uh, very very awesome um and thanks to uh adam jarvis for doing that interview with
0: us very very cool yeah go go grab that freaking album man rituals of power it's freaking awesome it is index get it
2: it is amazing and big thanks to our buddy tex for sitting in through the murder segment man that was fucking awesome huge thanks talking about some new mexico uh you know prison riot shit and him having fucking nightmares over it, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah,
0: dude, the fact that, I mean, I could understand that, though, man. Like, if that's your job, that. Right. And you see the shit that can happen, and he's been in situations where it could possibly go to that. Right. I could see having nightmares like that,
2: dude. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely fucked up. And he's been in the shit over in the Middle East right? when he was in the military.
0: So, for him to be like that? Right. Well, like you said, when you're over there, you got a whole crew with you like True. it isn't just you and one two other people against all them right you got a whole gang of motherfuckers with you so right
2: yeah i could see that man uh bumper music this time aside, exodus and misery index and of course uh, ck's intro Crysix. Fuck, fuck yeah, yeah dude Crysix. uh definitely check out our friends at psychogillerbobbleheads.com uh, go get yourself one of those awesome bobbleheads. Score a T-shirt They got that newly done website looking really good, Hell making yeah. it really easy to order. And if you tell them Murder Metal Mayhem sent you, they'll get your order to the top of the list. Get that shit shipped out. Uh, they got 16 of them. So go check it out, psychokillerbobbleheads.com. Also, our friends, our new <laughs> friends at CDN Records in Canada. Yes. A brutal fucking label with over
0: 1,500 titles. Yeah, go check their shit out. There is some badass shit on there, some shit that I've never heard fucking like that. I'm definitely going to be checking out.
2: Yeah, it looks like a lot of death metal, maybe some grind. Yeah. um, And maybe other stuff, too. I don't know, because I just got in touch with, or they got in touch with us last night, and uh, we exchanged some information, but they're supposed to be getting us... Uh, some zip files of some of the new albums coming out. And what we'll do is we'll have CK uh, listen to them all. I'm sure we'll listen to them also, oh, I'll, but
0: CK is going to
2: gonna jam it and then do a little review of the album, and then we'll plug it and uh, we'll play some of that stuff. Lucky so, man. yeah, it's great uh, to have a uh, record company like CDN out there that's interested in you know doing some helping each other yeah. out, uh, cross-promo. And that's really fucking cool. Uh, also, thanks to Benoit Anger Management for the yeah. stupid motherfucker. That's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: of course, the voices on that one were you and my son, and, and Joe. Joey, that was yeah. funny. Um, every
0: time I hear that, I'm just like, well, holy fuck. I'm I know. Edit.
2: And that one got slipped through the cracks because when right. I was editing them down, I somehow missed that one. And Joey reminded you. Joey's it. like, how come you never played the Anger Management one? I was like, ooh. And I dug back into it and found it. I was like, oh, my God, this one was good. Right. So I threw in the screaming and the glass break, and it turned out pretty good. Uh, so thanks, everybody listening out there. We really do appreciate it. Um, yeah. Just seeing new countries, new cities popping up on the list. Fuck yeah, man. Kansas City, Missouri's been slamming it. KC Mo represent. That's right. And uh, Austin, Texas has been in and out of the list, too. And, of course, the Staples, Chicago. Of course, our hometown, Bloomington, Bloomington. Illinois, uh, Iwa Beach, Hawaii, Whatever the fuck's going on over there. They keep fucking listening. Hey,
0: fucking hell yeah, man. That's awesome, man. I wish I was in fucking Hawaii. Right?
2: right? So we got some good listener comments. Chris, you want to read that first uh, one?
0: Courtney Hayes commented, I started this a few days ago and can't quit listening. These guys are the perfect combination of comical, ghastly, and informative. Look forward to the many episodes coming up. Thank you, K- thank you, Courtney. Sorry, I'm a little buzzy, uh, <laughs> but yeah, thank you, Courtney. I'm I'm glad you appreciate the podcast. I'm glad you're liking it and enjoying it, dude. Fuck, yeah, yeah,
2: that's awesome. Now Robert Williams commented, "This is one of my favorite podcasts because you guys make me laugh my ass off and get through shitty days at work." I also learn a bunch of shit, horns. So, Fuck yeah, dude. That's glad awesome, Robert. Get, I mean, yeah. you learn a little something, having a good time. I'm glad we can help you get through your day, man. Yeah, those shitty days at work are not fun. So, definitely, yeah. I can appreciate that. Uh, so, that's cool, man, that you're able to find some solace in some murder metal mayhem. Yes, sir, so. dude.
0: And then, yeah. Rolf Lundgren. Says uh hails from Germany. My friends and I love this podcast and listen every week. We love the funny ma'am stories and the killer cage match the most. Cool. We're glad you over there awesome. in Germany are enjoying it, man. I and,
2: wonder if they like the but, Vampire of yeah, Dusseldorf yeah, episode. Yeah, so. like a Peter Curtin one, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one here, Dorothy Gale, 666. Gotta love that. Uh, Comment that Peter Vronsky is my favorite. And your interview with him was really great. I live in Toronto,
0: and we love the show. So thank you, Dorothy. Yeah, glad you enjoyed that interview, man. That's really cool. Peter was a good guy to talk to and knows his shit. Another PhD
2: that we managed to survive talking to and didn't laugh us off the fucking block. But (laughs) uh, yeah, that was a good one. I listened to that, as I mentioned, on the flight out to CCK, and it was really cool to hear it. From beginning to end, because I hadn't heard it that way. I'd only been hearing the pieces as we used them, so it was cool. Uh, Don't forget to check out MurderMetalMayhem.com. Listen to all the past episodes and bonus content and all that stuff. Uh, Of course, go check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe so you know when we post new videos.
0: Which we need to get something new up soon. I
2: do. I have the CK one all edited down. Nice. I just have to put the audio on it from the recorder because for some reason the GoPro audio has been real quiet. I have to go in settings and see why, but uh, I have it recorded on the handheld recorder. I just have to match it up, and that's done. So so I should have that one done soon, and same with Sick Rick. Unfortunately, I didn't get the whole video because the camera malfunctioned. I got half the video but all the audio, And uh, I've got a lot of pictures, pictures, so I think I can make it work. But uh, that'll be coming up soon as well. So, yeah, go check us out on YouTube and subscribe, and then you'll know when those get posted. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at Get Your Murder On, and, of course, on Facebook. You can like us there. Uh, Join that 666 club. Help support the podcast on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Mayhem. We definitely appreciate the support. It's only three bucks. Fuck dude. yeah, get it fuck. in. Get it in. And you can go to petealtieri.com if you want to pick up one of my books. It's getting to be that time of year, Halloween, and scary shit going down. Definitely would like to read one of my books when you're freaking the fuck out, That's watching some a scary good time. shit. Also, for Christmas gifts, Grandma might love
0: a good short story collection.
2: Grandmama always
0: loves short story collections about murder and evil shit people burying people
2: in walls and stuff Uh, don't miss next week we're going to do that feature on Herbert Mullen definitely a very fucked up story about a man with a complete loss of reality thinks that he's saving the world by killing people so that's kind of special. Is, yeah, God this told story, him to do it. Yeah, God told stuff. him to do it. Yeah. So it's going to be a good one. Lots of gruesomeness and silliness. He did look silliness. goofy, too. He did look goofy. <laughs> uh, we can't let him go, though, without hearing a new karaoke song. I fell a little behind this week with those interviews. I managed to squeak this one out. It's inspired by the guys in the New Mexico prison riot. So Boom. check this out. And until next time, keep one foot in the gutter
0: and your fist driving a fucking bar through somebody's head.
3: want water threw a body in the county jail. Prison there was there and they began to well. The man was jumping and the joint began to sway. Shoulda the those knocked out say, let's rock. Everybody, let's rock. Everybody in the fucking cell block. Dancing to the jailhouse rock Spider Murphy played the dead of saxophone Little Joe was blowing on the slide trombone Drop a boy from Illinois with crash a bank The whole rhythm section was superb purple girl yeah. Let's rock Everybody let's rock Everybody in the fucking cell block What's the answer to the jailhouse rock? Number 47, 10 to number three. Gotta kill this jail, for I evidence, did see. I sure would be delighted with your company. Coming to the jailhouse rock with Bird and Rock. Everybody that's rock. Everybody in the fucking cell block. What's dancing to the jailhouse rock? was sitting on a block of stone, way up in corner, but all alone. The one's anybody don't you be no square. Can't find a partner near a wooden chair. Let's run, everybody, let's run. Everybody in the fucking cell block, let's to do the jail. Let's run. To Dancing to the jailhouse rock. 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 Yeah!
1: Fuck yeah. Mother,
4: mother, man.